all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, professor of internal medicine and pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. Good morning, and thanks for joining us today. You're listening to Southern Remedy, Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Josie Bidwell, nurse practitioner and associate professor of preventive medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. And joining me today, I have Quayla Madkin. She is a Mississippi State Extension Instructor and Registered Dietitian Nutritionist. And we're going to be talking about a really exciting program that the Extension Service offers called Dining with Diabetes. If you have questions or comments for us related to food and nutrition and how that impacts your uh, blood sugar, we'd love to talk with you today. You can always email us fit at mpdonline.org. Good morning. and How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm excited to learn more about this program. I had heard about it, but I hadn't really dug down into it and really um, seen what all you guys have to offer. And so I think it's really important that we share resources that are available to the community because it looks like a wonderful program. But first, let's talk about what it is that you do um, for Mississippi State University Extension Service. Right. So I work as, the, as an extension instructor and registered dietitian nutritionist. And so my role really is to direct our nutrition programs. I help develop, coordinate, distribute um, curriculums and programs throughout Mississippi communities, uh, really just emphasizing and promoting nutrition and wellness with our family and consumer science agents with Mississippi State University Extension Service. Um, so my role is just really kind of in the background. Um, I get to come out some and do things like this and share what we're doing. I get to do speaking engagements and different things, but I'm really sort of in the background developing nutrition and wellness material, whether it's videos, curriculum, writing blogs and publications, and just working to help um, Mississippians be as healthy as possible. And, you know, I'm glad that you're the one that's behind the scenes putting these things together because I've said it a million times on this show, registered dietitians are the nutrition experts. And so if we're looking for good evidence-based information about nutrition and how it relates to chronic diseases, you guys are are it. Y'all are the, the experts in helping to build those kinds of things. I want to touch on um, the Extension Service because folks may not know exactly what, what the Mississippi State Extension Service is, and it's really wonderful. Tell me a little bit about it. Right. So, you know, it's so interesting, um, Josie. I didn't either, really, growing up, didn't know anything about <laughs> yep. Extension. I actually 
um, lived, lived and grew up in Lamar County and actually had an extension office in my, in my hometown of Purvis, Mississippi. So I didn't actually learn that until I became part of the extension service. But, you know, the Mississippi State Extension Service really is, you know, um, all things, I, I would say, just to put it in a nutshell, all things Mississippi, and really emphasizes so many things, whether it's agriculture, focused on community, family, food and health, from insects to lawn and garden care, natural resources, just the gamut of things that we have here in Mississippi, the Extension Service really works to support Mississippians um, through all of our different programs. Like I mentioned, mine being in the area of, you know, nutrition and wellness, but we have people in all those different areas. Um, and so, you know, we're out in the community very strongly. Um, in every county in Mississippi, there's an extension office, you know, and that, I think that many, some people, especially maybe the younger population, and if you haven't had a need per se for extension, you may not know about extension, but I will tell you, we really do work on meeting the needs of Mississippians, no matter what that means. Most people think of extension and they think of agriculture, but we also do so many different things in extension. Um, I would encourage Mississippians or folks listening to your radio show to um, go on to extension.msstate.edu, and it really gives you a good picture of where we are, what we're doing in the community um, that I think is really important. Yeah, and, you know, I grew up in, in Carroll County, Mississippi, and so I knew of Extension Service, but just in kind of the realm of, like, 4-H. So I kind of just thought right. it was, was agriculture and, and a 4-H program. But as, uh, you know, as a nurse practitioner, I've gotten to get involved with Extension Service a whole lot more. Um, I've done some cooking classes with some of the Extension agents. Um, we've mm -hmm. done some training of um, kind of junior uh, wellness students and taught them right. about blood pressure management or measurement and blood sugar measurement and how you build a healthy plate and all of these different kinds of things. And most recently, I'm working um, with some other um, folks with the Extension Service in a grant that we have where we are teaching other healthcare providers about lifestyle medicine. And that's really where I heard dining with diabetes actually last week and I knew that we had to bring this uh, to the radio show and talk about it a little bit more so tell me what that program is what is dining with diabetes so dining with diabetes is actually a national corporate extension program that was actually you know developed out of the need for our extension agents to be able to help our help communities all over the United States with diabetes right and so a national group came together and developed this curriculum. Now, what we do in Mississippi as far as how we offer it, we really wanted to make sure it was Mississippi friendly. So it's actually a program with four lessons that emphasizes um, dining, di diabetes prevention and management. Of course, we focus on healthy foods and um, cooking techniques and providing that basic information regarding diabetes and nutrition and just really engaging the community um, so that they can either prevent, manage, or be able to at least have some knowledge around diabetes to be able to either speak with their physician about it. Um, it is not, and this is what I tell people, it is not a diabetes self-management education program. We mm -hmm. obviously, you know, it's, it's a community-based program, but it's not going to teach you the details of blood sugar 
checking your blood sugar or how to give insulin, but we're really teaching those basic fundamentals to really support you in that process of working with your physician or nurse practitioner um, in, in a community-based setting. So most of these classes are either at the extension office or in partnership with churches, you know, communities, in, um, community places like the YMCA or different, you know, local places in the Mississippi communities that are conducted by our family consumer science agents, either in partnerships with registered dietitians, nurse practitioners like yourself or physicians or pharmacists, um, people who want to engage the community as well. So we're really excited about it. We've gotten a lot more classes going with Dining with Diabetes. Um, we, our participants really enjoy the class. Number one, as I mentioned, it's community-based, and they are able to learn from those agents who actually live in the counties with them who understand where the grocery stores are, grocery stores are, what they carry, and can really encourage them and engage with them about nutrition and wellness as it relates to diabetes. Yeah, and that's that's so important. You know, whenever I did some cooking classes with the extension agent, I said, take me to where people buy food here right you know because it was it was not in 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 the jackson area and i wanted to see what folks had access to because it does no good for me to talk to you about x y and z if you don't have access to x y and z so we we had to uh get creative because sometimes it it may be um not a convenience store but a dollar store or somewhere like that that is the primary place that people shop and so you can still build a nutritious meal um, in those areas you just have to do a little bit of planning so you mentioned it's community based it's um our pro- the Mississippi program is four sessions right and then an optional mm-hmm. follow up correct so we have four sessions which the sessions you know the topics include living well with diabetes so it's kind of a general standpoint carbohydrates and sweeteners fats and sodium is another topic then we talk about vitamins and minerals and just putting everything together um in each course we try we try to do this we try to have a cooking demonstration like you mentioned our agents will do cooking demos you know really community based with knowing and having that knowledge of what's available what the people in the community, you know, see a lot of. And so we, we do those cooking demonstrations. And in some programs we can't do each week. We can't do a cooking demonstration. It just really depends. And then we have what's called a follow-up. We're checking back in with, with our participants and seeing how's it going, how can we continue to support them. And we may do something like a grocery store tour or a cooking demo. We have a, a speaker come in. So it, it's set up pretty similar to that. You know, each agent may do it just a tad bit differently depending on the resources, like you mentioned, what's available. Mm-hmm. And so we have to obviously keep all of that in mind. I do want to mention this because I think this is really important because our target audience is not just people with diabetes or prediabetes. It is anyone who is interested in learning more about diabetes, whether they're a caregiver, whether they do have diabetes, whether they know someone with diabetes. As long as they're 18 or older, we're happy to have them in the Dining with Diabetes program because we are really trying to empower Mississippians and share this knowledge to, to help them understand that di- diabetes is something that can be prevented, controlled, and managed. And so we don't, it's not just for people with diabetes. So I do want the listeners to know that. And that's really important because a lot of times uh, an individual person that's living with diabetes may not be the person that shops or cooks. You know, for for themselves, they may have a caregiver that does that for them, and so really targeting 
everyone is a really good way to make sure that we get folks the information that they need to live well with diabetes. You're listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm Josie Bidwell here with Quayla Madkin, and we are talking about the really neat program called Dining with Diabetes that's part of the Mississippi State Extension Service. Now, before the break, we were talking about the sessions, um, and one thing that I neglected to ask you was how long do these sessions last? Like, how often do they meet, and how long is an individual session? What? Why? That's a great question. We have to have that information, right? So yes. we, the sessions are, we would like to do them once a week for four weeks, because it's four weeks, a four-week program, mm-hmm. per se, plus the follow-up. But, you know, some things come up, it can be, you know, stretched out to two weeks, but we try to do once a week for the month or four weeks, and they meet about an hour and a half to two hours. And so I do want to share this. You know, during COVID, we at Extension, the Extension Service really wanted to continue to be able to engage Mississippians through our nutrition and wellness programs. And we actually conducted this program virtually virtually in three different counties, and it, and it went very well. Um, so we do have the option to offer dining with diabetes virtually, and we That's were great. able to actually do a high a hybrid virtual program to where we were able to provide participants through a grant. We were able to pr- provide participants with grab and go nutrition kits where they actually got to prepare the recipes virtually, and so we are still able to do that as well because we understand even though COVID is, I wouldn't say over. You know, I'm, I'm not the um, the medical professional in that area, but we know people are, you know, getting out and doing things. And so I don't want to speak on something that is not my realm, but I do want to say we do do have that option to offer it virtually. Some of our agents do offer it virtually, so we're excited about that. Um, but they're, they're once a week for, for four weeks, uh, hour and a half to two hours, and they're really set up um, on the face-to-face session. We have PowerPoints, um, we have handouts, we have engagement tools, whether it's um, showing different things as far as models to show people things about blood pressure, you know, the complications of diabetes, et cetera. And so we really engage our participants. Um, it is first come, first serve, up to 30 participants. So this is a program okay. that we try to keep a, a small amount, a smaller amount of folks in the class uh, because we want to really engage them and make sure they're getting the information they need so we, we don't go past 30 participants. And we usually have at least two family consumer science agents and a professional that is helping to conduct the classes. Um, and like I said, we can also do it virtually. Even virtually, we still keep it at 30. And mm-hmm. we do kind of a hybrid group setting. Um, and so, yeah, we're really excited about dining with diabetes. We know there's lots of great programs in the state, DPP, the Diabetes Self-Management Education Program as well. And they all, Dining with Diabetes can go along with that. It doesn't have to be one or the other. I do like to tell folks that just because you've done DPP doesn't mean you can't do Dining with Diabetes. They're totally different, and we are still trying to engage the community and help Mississippians. Absolutely. And I would say they complement each other. Um, Absolutely. We, we do uh, DPP or the Diabetes Prevention Program um, at UMC. And with COVID, we had to flex that to virtually as well. So um, if there is uh, something good that has come out of all this, it is that we had to get creative with how we deliver things. But we were, I think we were able to reach people that might not 
um, have the transportation to come to some things if they're required in person and, you know, just be able to do things from, from the comfort of people's homes. Um, so I'm excited to hear that, that this can be delivered virtually as well. And, you know, the 30 participant thing I think is wonderful with group classes, which this is in essence a group class. You want them to be not teeny tiny, but you don't want them to be too big because the power of a group visit is the, like the conversation and the, learning and teaching that goes on among the participants, especially when they're in a, a shared area, like, a, you know, a shared county or somewhere like that, because what has worked for one, they share with somebody else. They're like, hey, let me tell you what I got at the whatever grocery store, you know, that kind of thing. And when it gets too big, you lose some of that because only the people that really like to talk, like me, um, we, we talk too much. <laughs> like both of us. <laughs> like both of us. We've taken over the class. <laughs> yeah, we talk too much, um, and the and the folks that are a little bit more shy don't don't talk as much. So thirty is a really kind of good number there. Now, if folks are interested if they have a dining with diabetes class in their area, would they just contact their extension service? Right, that's wonderful. So two things I want to say about that: we would love for them to follow our MSU Extension Nutrition and Wellness Facebook page. We put okay. a lot of information out there. Whether we're doing a an email challenge for diabetes, whether we have a new nutrition video, whether we have a program going on, like, for example, we have something coming up in December called 12 Days of Fitness, Walk with Extension. Um, but we put a lot of different um, information out there, a lot of educational, as you mentioned, um, evidence-based education, um, nutrition wellness education on our Facebook page, MSU Extension Nutrition and Wellness. The other thing I would encourage listeners to do is to follow your county's Facebook page also. And, of course, you can always call your county and ask. We're very available, and someone's always there to answer the phone. Or you can go to your county um, extension office, but you can definitely follow them on Facebook. If you live in Lamar County, let's follow the Lamar County Facebook page. If you live in Hines or if you live in Hancock, follow that page on Facebook. If you're on Facebook, if you're not, you can call the extension um, office in your county, and they would be happy to help you. Um, like I said, all of our counties don't offer dining with diabetes, but, a lot of them do. A lot of our agents do. And so you can definitely check to see if they're offering that. And also, like I said, follow the MSU Extension Nutrition and Wellness Facebook page where you get lots of information about what's happening in Extension Nutrition and Wellness related, but also information that you can use for yourself. That's, that's good, solid information. Wonderful. All right. So let's talk about kind of that first session, that living well with diabetes. What what does that mean? What are some things that we want folks to know to make sure that they live well with their diagnosis? Well, first, you know, first of all, we, we always want to, you know, you know this, we're trying to gauge kind of where people are. So we have a pre-test, which I tell people when I say test, people get a little afraid. It's, it's not scary <laughs> at all. Um, you know, you do, it's, it's really simple. It's like one page, front, back, and it's just asking some questions kind of about what do you know already. For many of us who may don't have diabetes or know someone with diabetes and this is just something we want to learn more about, you may not know much, and that's okay. There's no right or wrong answer. It is anonymous. We're not going to share your information with anyone. So, But we just need to get some information. So there's a pretest, And then we just really talk about, the relationship between, you know, uh, diabetes and nutrition, the basics, um, what is diabetes, type 1, type 2, what's the emotional impact, you know, what are some things you need to be thinking about as far as diabetes complications. We also do goal setting, so we're encouraging folks to set SMART goals um, throughout this process. 
um, of the first class. We're sharing the information specifically about Mississippi. And that was really important to me coming into this role. This this is a national program, and so there's national data, right? And that's great. Mm -hmm. But we wanted Mississippians to know about Mississippi. This is what's happening as it relates to diabetes in Mississippi. Okay, and so we're just sharing that kind of information in first class, really getting people to understand more about diabetes, answering their questions, um, talking about, you know, some of the tests you want to be thinking about making sure you're asking for. You know, part of this program is empowerment and encouraging advocacy. So advocating for yourself and your family member, being able to have those conversations with your physician or your nurse practitioner, uh, because some folks don't know how to ask you know, the question of don't know what to ask. So we're right. teaching them some of that as well. We think that's really important. Um, and so we kind of wrap that up with the cooking demonstration or some sort of activity because, again, we want to engage participants. You know, for us, our cooking demos are not just about teaching things like knife skills. Well, I do believe that's important, but we're really trying to teach the participants about how to pair foods, why these types of foods whatever the, the recipes may be, are healthy. And we're using Southern-friendly recipes. So that was another thing we did in changing this program or add, adding, let me say adapting. We wanted to make sure the recipes were Southern-friendly, right? Mm -hmm. um, these types of foods that, you know, we have here in the South. And so we were able to do that as well. And, and that's, so that's kind of how the classes so, are set up. That's the first class, you know. Yeah. And, and that's, it's so important when you know, y'all do a pretest, and it's very similar to what I do when I'm working with a new patient in clinic. I'll say, "Tell me, uh, tell me what you understand about diabetes, right?" Because mm -hmm. oftentimes I think we assume that because it's such a common disease, right. and that somebody has had it for a while. A lot of times, patients have had it for ten or fifteen years by the time they come to see me. We kind of assume that they know what it is and they know how to monitor it and how to how to treat it and it's it's not that we think that they're dumb it's just sometimes where there's conflicting information in the media and marketing and all these different kinds of things and so i just like to start with tell me what you what you think about diabetes what you know about it and are there any questions it doesn't matter how silly you think it might be let me know what it is so that we can we can talk about it and oftentimes yeah, I think people have a kind of a, a gap there where they don't kind of truly understand what's going on in their body. Yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly. You know, being a registered dietitian over 20 years and seeing so many patients, I mean, really thousands of patients over mm -hmm. my time because some the, the work I did in the beginning of my career was specifically with diabetes and metabolism. Um, and so people, we really can't assume that they understand because, like you said, you've had it 15 years or 20 years even. They, they must know these things. And so I think it's really a good thing to be able to just sit with people and say, tell me what you know. Or for us in this program specifically, we're asking that question. We understand, too, the literacy piece of this, whether, you know, mm -hmm. we have patients who or participants, excuse me, who may can read or may have a, a lower literacy level. So we're able to, you know, make sure we are able to get that information from them as well in a way that's appropriate and professional and respectful. So we kind of account for all of those things. But I agree with you. We can assume that folks know this information. And the biggest thing or the biggest barrier I find is that there is so much conflicting information, um, and not just from the patients or, or the people they know, but from physicians and different mm -hmm. people telling 
people things that may not be nutritionally sound as it comes as it relates to nutrition, especially like you mentioned when there's not a dietitian who's been involved in their health care. Um, they can really have some strange things that they think are right uh, that may mm-hmm. not be working for them the best way. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I really focus in on is knowing your numbers. You know, so mm-hmm. I always, you know, I'll say, can you, can you tell me what your last A1C was? Um, and a lot of times people can, and I'll say, no, tell me what that means, right? And right. there's a little less there, and it just, me- it just means we need to explain it a little bit better to folks and what that kind of percent means and also what that means in terms of their risk for complications and their um, level of control and those types of things. Uh, and then that kind of self-management piece of, you know, testing, you know, checking their blood sugars at home and those kinds of things. Um, and I like to get to the root of why maybe we're not checking. Uh, sometimes I'll ask people, do you have a meter? And they say, yes. And then I say, do you use it? And they'll say, sometimes. And I say, tell me a little bit more about that, you know, and it can be from a variety of reasons. It might be broken. You know, it mm-hmm. might be the batteries might be dead. It might be we don't know how to use it. Um, it might be we don't like to poke ourselves. Uh, you know, right. variety of different things there. And until we really uh, kind of step back and get to the, the root of that, and so, you know, maybe why we're not checking, um, it, it's hard to kind of make, make change there. And a lot of times it's because people may not understand the importance of that self-check at home. Um and so just kind of explaining why I need that information uh, and, you know, how that helps me help you uh, can, can kind of move those things forward a little bit because it may be that I'm trying to adjust medicines or it may be I'm trying to see how food impacts um, your blood sugar because it may be that we can be a little bit uh, a little bit more lenient with some of the things that we eat and some of the things that we do. Um, just all depends on how our blood sugar is doing. Right, right, 100%. You know, we find in our class setting that that is something that people do not understand maybe, uh, the importance. And that's why I think, too, when we talk about nutrition, instead of focusing on just being focused on weight management, we have to really encourage people to help them understand how this food impacts them positively and how it may impact them negatively. And, And then they can, you know, have the knowledge to move forward. I'm a firm believer in people having information, not just information, but information and knowledge that they can use and um, not just focusing on maybe the physical attributes of what it looks like to be healthy for some people, um, but the inside. And so I think when we, we've kind of gotten into this culture of only looking at weight, and mm-hmm. so when we lead with just the weight, we're missing a lot of other factors that can impact our health um, positively. I and I think when we can do that a little bit better, we will get people more um, interested in being healthier and eating better because the first thing they think of is with nutrition is, is what I found anyway. This is what I found is they think weight, 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 yeah. weight. While we know that's important, right? But yeah. it, it, it has not helped us get people healthier to only focus on weight. <laughs> so we have to find well, and, ways to get. I mean, weight is while it can be a marker of health, it certainly does not equate to health always um you can absolutely be you know uh thinner and still have chronic disease and those types of things so i agree you know i have uh, a lot of patients i see by telehealth now and when we start they'll say well you know i haven't weighed since the last time we talked and i said that's okay 
I'm not, I'm not focused on your weight. I want to hear what you've been eating since we talked last, right? What about your walking? Have you been able to do the, the, um, the, you know, however many steps we talked about last time? So it's really about focusing on the behaviors and not just kind of these one kind of thing that we equate with health. Thanks for joining us today. You're listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm Josie Bidwell, joined today by Clayla Matkin. She is a registered dietitian, and we have been talking about the Dining with Diabetes program that is offered through the Mississippi State Extension Service. All right, I think uh, carbohydrates are one of the most misunderstood groups of food out there. What do you think? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, and, you know, we haven't done a good in the, in the medical field, not us necessarily, yeah. you and I, but I think we've really confused people. Um, I have found uh, within the last couple of years it is better. People are starting to better understand. And it's kind of that process, you know, when we were telling everybody don't eat, um, go low-fat diet only, and then that kind of confused people to not eat healthy fats. And so, so I think we're coming around the corner on this, hopefully with helping people understand carbohydrates better and, um, yeah, so that this part of our dining with diabetes is always like, tell me what to eat, tell me, tell me. And yes. so uh, we like to, you know, get really involved in, with folks with this one. So it's fun. Well, and, you know, carbohydrates are just kind of one of the, the macronutrient groups. You know, you've got carbs, you got proteins, you got fats. And anytime we shift the percentage of one of those, we usually are going to increase the percentage of the other one because we want to be full. And so we have to be, be careful that we don't kind of swing into a, you know, a, a eating pattern that while might control our blood sugar might make other conditions that we have or, or are at risk for uh, worse. You know, a lot of times I see people switch more to, you know, adding more fats into their diet and that increases their cholesterol. You know, so we got to be got to be careful. We just want balance. Balance. Very important. You know, Josie, my per, my personal kind of philosophy is emphasizing nourishment. Nourishing yeah. your body to be as healthy as it can be. So I have brought that with me um to the Center service really in any any role that I'm in. I bring that concept. You know, I in my, you know, days in private practice, I would say to clients, "Listen, this is how I Work. I don't believe in deleting nutrient groups, uh, you know, macronutrients or whole food groups or these kind of crazy fat diets and things of that nature. Is it is that you know we need to decide if you and I can work together, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because, right. You know, if not, that's okay. But I think it's important to emphasize nourishment. So that's what I've really worked with our family and consumer science agents on. I have a program where I do education with them quarterly that emphasizes nutrition training. And um, because some of them are not, many of them are not registered dietitians, but they are, you know, uh, educators and do an excellent mm-hmm. job and have, you know, some emphasis in nutrition. But we really want to encourage nourishment. We want people to understand how to nourish their body better, not just cut out food groups for the short-term benefit, as you mentioned, because like you, then we see a high cholesterol or increased risk of heart disease, so then we're battling something else. So we just want to be balanced, and that word is kind of, you know, catch-all, and I understand it's really cliche, but we want to provide nourishment and encourage people to be nourished. And that that is really an important concept, and I want to stay there for just a minute because a lot of the times folks that I start to work with, they're skipping meals 
or you know, even when they're hungry um, in an effort to cut calories, to, to lose weight, those types of things. And when we frame it in terms of nourishment or feeding our body, you know, it's okay to eat. What we want to do is pay attention to what we're eating and also pay attention to those hunger cues, right? And if we're right. not truly hungry, maybe we're bored and or stressed. And we don't necessarily want to eat during those periods of time. But if we're hungry, let's eat. And then let's stop when we're full, which we've kind of lost those cues over time. We just eat for all kinds of things. Um, and we kind of lost that, hey, I'm full, let me stop. But I want to talk about sweeteners for a second because that's a, probably a question I get asked so many times in clinic is, what, what should I use to sweeten things? Right, right. So really what we're trying to do, because, you know, I get that question all the time. I just get that question all the time. Are they healthy for us? Are they okay? Should I use them? How to use them? And so, of course, we, we share with them general information, what they are, and here's some of the sweeteners, and this is, you know, kind of, you know, um, how they can be used. But really, really, we want to emphasize other recipe alternatives, like mm-hmm. uh, fruit juices and, you know, 100% fruit and parades and vegetable parades. To encourage people to understand that sweeteners are something, you know, artificial sweeteners. Let me let me go back to two things I'm talking about here. Artificial mm-hmm. sweeteners you can use, but we really encourage them to use real food sweeteners mm-hmm. um, and in the forms of things like 100% fruit parades or vegetable parades. And so we want them to learn how to also to do that rather than just assume to sweeten things that you must add sugar. Um, right. There are other ways to do that. So we think that's important. We just did a pumpkin, um, what is it called? A, uh, oh, gosh, a dark, a dark chocolate pumpkin muffin um, recipe you, using pumpkin puree. And, um, you know, the participants loved it. This was with a different program we have called Eat With Ascension, but the participants loved it. You know, the children love it. It's a great snack for kids. And we're just trying to teach people some basic, simple things that maybe we're not thinking about. Um, of ways to sweeten food because we we know and you know we can say wholeheartedly sugar has become an issue added sugar has become an issue right so we want to Mm -hmm. encourage natural sugars and we teach them kind of what's the difference of those as well um but the question i get a lot i don't know about you it's all about the artificial sweeteners and so not that i'm going to you know my personal opinion is i'd rather you use real sugar or a, a, a actual natural sugar, right. um, something you can use. But um, so we have to really get down into that, you know, encouraging them that there's no magic bullet or, or diet plan, but we want to teach you how to use these things alternatively. And, you know, my, my statement on artificial sweeteners is that you shouldn't be using enough that it really matters. Right. You know, where yeah. I find it is a problem when we're using 10, 15, 20 packets of artificial sweetener. I'm like, oh, let's let's step back and think about that. Because it you know, and then I'll have folks who have abdominal pain and bloating and those kinds of things. Yes. And, um, you know, it's kind of linked back to those things. So uh, right. getting down to what food type tastes um, tastes like is is important. All right, quickly, we are going to go to the phone line to Columbus and say hello this morning. How can we help you? Uh, yes, hi. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. I am I am 70, 70 years old, and I'm wondering how many servings of protein should I be having during the day? Wonderful. It's a great question. I'm going to turn to our expert, 
and let our registered dietitian talk about protein for a second. Hi, how are you? Thank you for calling. Did you say you were 77 or 70? 77. Okay, okay. So protein, you know, is important for us, especially as we get older, you know, depending on activity level. It is really more information I would need to give you a very specific amount of protein. Um, What I would like to do, though, is to share with you that Protein is important. My, I would make sure, if I were you to have it at each meal if possible, um, make sure you know what protein is, right? So sometimes there's a misperception or conception that we can only get protein from meat. Um, there are obviously many plant-based options of protein that you can consume as well. Um, but someone who is, um, you know, of getting older, you really want to think about making sure you are having a, a good amount of protein, three to four ounces every meal, if you're doing three meals a day. And with that being said, that's a very general term. And there's options to add in some for snacks, whether you do that through things like nut butter, some nuts and seeds, and things of that nature. But protein, just like other nutrients, is something that really is um, individualized. And so, you know, if we want to talk about grams, I, I would, you know, want a little bit more information. But if you're doing about three to four ounces, Per meal and having some for snack, that should be a good amount. You can obviously talk with your physician or dietitian to get some specific details about protein if you need like an actual gram amount per day. Yep, and that's exactly um, what I would say. You know, there are a variety of things that would kind of tweak how much we would recommend, you know, kidney status, if you've got a wound, all these different kinds of things. But that three to four ounces per meal is a good place to start, which is about the size of a, a deck of cards. Um, if you're talking about meat or a quarter of your plate, if you're talking about um, a plant-based protein. So I hope that answered your question. In the last couple of minutes of the show, Kyla, I'm going to talk about fiber because it really does play a big role in how we manage our blood sugar. Absolutely. And I think it's the missing key and it's definitely misunderstood because as you know, when people tend to cut out these food groups, the first thing they think of is things like fruits and some of the whole yep. grain. So they're cutting out a lot of fiber, right? So. Yep. Fiber comes from fruits, vegetables, and whole grains. You know, it's an excellent option to simply keep you fuller. So I tell people, if if you're hungry all the time, you need to make sure you're getting in more fiber. So that's that's a a really easy way to think of fiber. But it also improves digestion, reduces heart disease or the risk of heart disease, and it may help improve your blood sugar. And so I, I encourage participants and just, you know, Mississippians in general, to think more about fiber, the research shows that folks are getting 9 to, what, 12 grams a day, yep. maybe, of fiber. So we want to be getting at least, folks, for women, at least 25 grams, for men, at least 35. And for some people, they need more than maybe more than that. You know, they need closer to 35 grams in general a day of fiber. And most of us do not get that. Um, and I think people think it's really hard. It's hard to get in the fiber, but that's where that balance comes in and that variety. If we are simply looking at our plate and it has more color, we're going to have more fiber. Um, And it means we may have to have a conscious effort to get in that fiber, and that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing to have to think about making sure we're getting in more fiber because of the health benefits that we do get from fiber. Now, if you're somebody who is getting that 9 grams of fiber a day, do not go to 35 overnight. (laughs) You will be mad. I will get all kinds of hate mail, um, and I will forward that right on to you. Um, but we we do not want 
people to do that because it will cause abdominal pain. It can cause bloating, constipation, you know, all these different kinds of things. So what I usually recommend, and you can tell me whether I'm right or wrong here, is about um, increase of about four grams a day a week at a time is usually how I work with folks to increase their fiber so that we kind of step it up slowly so that their body has time to adjust. Absolutely. And I say that about four to six. So I go with an average of five each week. Let's work on how we can get that in. And I think that's a a really easy concept because it can, that can be a half a cup of something or one cup of something or, you know, two pieces of fruit a day. And then you're at the four, the five grams. And so really slowly increasing. And I want to add hydration, hydration, hydration. You know, anything you're doing, want to hydrate, keep things lubricated, keeps keeps things flowing. And so, yes, we obviously don't want to just jump to 25 grams of fiber because that's, that's not going to be helpful to you. And that will cause people not to want to do it, um, yeah. but that slow process. But it is important. Dietary fiber is really important. I think it is an underestimated um, thing that people don't think about as far as it relates to health because when we are getting more dietary fiber, that means more fruits and vegetables. That means more antioxidants. Um, that helps prevent so many other diseases. That's good gut health. Those prebiotics, you know, it's so many good things that comes from eating more fiber. Absolutely. And, you know, fiber is only in plants, just like you mentioned. It's fruit, veggies, grains, you know. So if we're looking to add fiber, we got to look at how we add a plant. Uh, and it can be, it doesn't have to be anything fancy. You know, it can be an apple a day, you know. It can be an apple and a glass of water, which is what I, I write that prescription a lot for folks, you know, or a half a cup of berries or, you know, a, a half a cup of uh, cut up vegetables with your sandwich at lunch um, or switching from a whole uh, a white refined bread product to uh, a, a wheat bread or a wheat pasta, those kinds of things. Um, so just look for ways the things that you're already doing and how you might can switch it for something that's a little bit higher in fiber and make sure you add that glass of water in on top of that. Right. And one other quick tip is just leaving the skin on your fruits and vegetables. You know, a lot of us do peels, but leaving the skin on is another way to add in maybe a half to one and a half grams of extra fiber coming from what you were actually already going to eat. And so that's another good option, um, you know, along with that as well. And I'm lazy, so that it just it just works out great for me because I hate peeling an apple. Like it just it's one of the things that I, <laughs> I just hate it. So I'd much rather just eat it. All right, we are out of time for today, but I want to thank you, Quayla, for coming on today and talking about this wonderful program. And folks, if you're listening and you want more information about the Dining with Diabetes program, please go to the Extension website. So that's Extension. State.edu, and you can find actually links to the individual extension offices in your area that you can click on and contact folks to find out if this program is available in your area, and if not, how you might be able to get one of those started. Um, Quayla also mentioned following uh, your individual extension services. Uh, Facebook page is another great way to learn about not just the Dining with Diabetes program, but all the other wonderful community-based programs that the Extension Service has to offer. Um, If you didn't get your question in today or you want to know more, you can always email me. That's bit at mpbonline.org. 
also want to thank my wonderful producer, Kevin Farrell, and remind you guys to tune in every weekday at 11 for the full Southern Remedy lineup, or catch up on any missed episodes by searching for Southern Remedy wherever you get your podcast. Southern Remedy is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio, and funding is provided in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and support from listeners. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.